Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. Chaos at airports across the country after an overnight system outage disrupted travel, de delaying thousands of flights. A bill to abolish the IRS has been introduced in the House. We talked to one Republican congressman and asked him what's behind the idea. And New York's governor pushing to ban natural gas heaters and appliances in new buildings. Why? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Travel chaos across the U.S. today after an FAA system outage forced a halt to all U.S. departing flights. The Federal Aviation Administration scrambled to fix the problem after issuing a nationwide ground stop. Hours later, the order was lifted, but not before causing thousands of flight delays and hundreds of cancellations. The issue had to do with the pilot alerting system. The cause was unclear, but officials said they had so far found no evidence of a cyber attack. Here's President Biden earlier today. I just spoke with Buttigieg. They don't know what the cause is, but I was on the phone in about 10 minutes. I told them to report directly to me when they find out. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg pledged a process to determine root causes and recommend next steps. The outage occurred at a historically slow time for U.S. travel after the December holiday season. But airlines have said demand remains strong as travel continues to recover to near pre-pandemic levels. For passengers from Denver to Orlando, the stoppage meant major disruptions to travel plans. Though, people seem to take it in stride. Um, basically, every single concourse that I was at was basically saying... Guys, according to the FAA, every single flight is ground stopped and we can't really do anything. So um, you guys got to sit tight. And then there were people that were boarding planes at like 5, 6 a.m. that had to get off their plane because they were basically on the tarmac for like an hour, hour and a half. And then they came back because they couldn't go anywhere. Uh, everybody deplaned very quickly, very orderly. Um, even right now, I haven't seen anybody really upset at all. There's very, very short lines at each of the gates, but uh, United, I can speak for, has been very, very proactive, very responsive in terms of providing meal vouchers, providing updates. By midday today, flights were slowly resuming, but those efforts were hampered as airlines struggled to get planes in and out of crowded gates. In all, nearly 9,000 flights were delayed and nearly 1,300 canceled, according to FlightAware, with numbers still climbing. The IRS announced it sent out 12 million refunds totaling nearly $15 billion after making corrections to taxes that were filed in 2020. The corrections are due to the American Rescue Plan that Biden signed into law in March 2021. It exempted about $10,000 of unemployment benefits from income tax, but many had already filed their returns at that time. Other corrections included adjustments to the earned income tax credit, child tax credit, among other things. The correction comes as the IRS continues to face a huge backlog. Many Americans are still waiting on their 2021 refunds. A government accountability office report found that as of September, the IRS had about 12.4 million backlogged returns to process. And Republican Congressman Buddy Carter introduced the Fair Tax Act today. It's a bill to abolish the IRS. The bill would eliminate several taxes, including the income tax, and replace them with a nas national sales tax. 
Proponents say this would simplify the tax code and end the need for the IRS. According to Fox News, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy agreed to permit a floor vote on the bill to get enough support for his speakership. However, political analysts predict that the bill has little chance of becoming law because it would not get enough votes in the Democrat-controlled Senate. Carter had initially submitted the bill in January 2021, but it didn't go anywhere. He says the bill would simplify the tax code with provisions that work for the American people and encourage growth and innovation. The White House has criticized the bill, claiming it favors the rich and big corporations. But recent data from Syracuse University found that the IRS has targeted more low-income taxpayers with audits than anyone else. Just this week, the GOP-led House voted along party lines to reduce most of the money allocated to the IRS by Democrats in 2022. And earlier, I spoke with South Carolina Congressman Ralph Norman about abolishing the IRS. Here's what he told me. Congressman Norman, great to have you with us. So House Republicans, you know, voting to essentially abolish the IRS. Uh, I just have to ask, do you feel like this is too radical of an idea? What's what's radical is hiring 87,000 new IRS agents whose only qualifications, they can, they can carry a gun. It doubles the size of the IRS. It makes it bigger than the uh, combined employees of the Pentagon, the FBI, uh, the State Department, and the Custom and Border Patrol. Uh, they With 87,000, they would be now around 180,000 employees. So I would make the argument that it's bloated. Their systems of collections and are outdated. Try getting an answer from the FB, from the IRS. You can't get it. So now is a great time to do away with it. But but Congressman, here's what the White House says. Uh, it says that Republicans' top economic priority is to allow the rich, uh, multi-billion-dollar corporations to skip out on their taxes. What's your response to that? Skip out of the taxes. If you know the the fact that. The, the, this administration, one, is spending every tax to, tax dollar there is, which is right at $5 trillion. Corporations, they don't understand, don't pay tax. People pay tax. Employees pay tax. Corporations don't, don't pay taxes. And uh, look at the dollars that go into hiring accountants, uh, hiring, having bills that favor, you know, the corporations anyway. Uh, and it's, it's, I guess, a lot of it. They're making the case on Capitol Hill while it, while it makes sense. But uh, taxes ought to be cut. But this way, with the fair tax, with the consumption tax, it'll definitely be cut back. And CBO has, has not scored it. However, uh, it'll be a reduced income and be more money in the pockets of people. And it's a fair tax. Just what the name implies is fair to all people. But even if it doesn't pass, do you, do you think this move is still significant? It is. A lot of things we have won't pass uh, because the Senate is the Senate. They're the ones that burdened us with this omnibus tax. They're the ones that, that took it away from the House, which is supposed to be the House uh, that is where dollars cut, where, where the money, we handle the money, where the income side of the equation. The Senate, uh, through a rule, is the one that put all the, the $1.7 trillion on it. And um, the fact they put it into next year's budget, they didn't even have the 
the, I guess, courage to let us handle it in the House of Representatives. We, we control the purse strings. And at least they should have put it in January, February, but they put it till next September, which is a new budget season. Congressman, just one last thing quickly. What are some of the other priorities of House Republicans? Well, we got to have a balanced budget. You know, luckily, we've got the 10-year plan in. I wanted the seven-year budget. But it's things like getting on a trajectory of cutting expenses. Everybody is conservative until it cuts their particular project. We've got to do what's good for the country. The cancer is overspending. And hopefully this will do it. And by abolishing IRS and going with, with a consumption tax, that's another tool to use. Now, do I think uh, it'll pass the Senate? Do I think it'll pass President Biden? No, he'll, be, he'll veto it, but we're going to put up things anyway so that American people can see what we're doing. And then hopefully it'll have consequences in the Senate and in the presidential races coming up. All right. Thank you very much, Congressman Norman. Great to have you with us. Thank you. New York's governor is taking new aim at fossil fuels and pollution. She's pushing to make the state the first to ban natural gas heaters and appliances in newly constructed buildings. Governor Kathy Hochul announced a proposal Tuesday. It features several time-based phases starting in 2025. The measure would bar the fuel from new buildings, beginning with smaller ones and moving on to larger buildings by 2028. A complete stoppage on all new natural gas heating systems would take effect in 2030. Studies say gas stoves emit air pollutants, including nitrogen dioxide and carbon monoxide, at unsafe levels. But the gas industry says a shift would hit consumers in the wallet, with electric heat costing much more than gas. At the federal level, House Republicans have vowed to fight measures that would ban the use of gas stoves. An oil company is taking the city of Los Angeles to court. That's after it banned the drilling of new oil and gas wells, with plans to close down existing ones over the next 20 years. Energy company Warner Resources filed the lawsuit, saying the rule would effectively shut down its business. The company runs nearly 250 wells that produce 1,800 barrels of oil a day, all of which coming from the L.A. area. Warren said the rule would create huge liability for the city and its residents. L.A. unanimously voted to pass the move last year. That's after a decade of pollution-related health complaints. Based on a 2021 study from the University of Southern California, people living near wells in two neighborhoods reported far more symptoms like wheezing, eye and nose irritation, sore throat, and dizziness as compared to those living further away. And U.S. stocks ended higher today. The Dow added 269 points, or 8 tenths of a percent. S&P rose 50 points, or 1 and 3 tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq gained 189 points, or 1 and 8 tenths of a percent. Wells Fargo is taking a step back from the mortgage market it once led. It announced a significant shift to focus its mortgage business on servicing bank customers and minority home buyers instead of acquiring new customers. The scandal-ridden bank said it will also exit its correspondent business, which buys loans made by other lenders, and reduce the size of its mortgage servicing portfolio. The move comes as the bank continues to be in trouble with regulators. Last month, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau ordered it to pay a record fine of $1.7 billion for, quote, widespread mismanagement over multiple years that harmed 16 million customer accounts.
In a media interview, a Wells Fargo spokesman said the bank's legal problems and the spike in interest rates factored into the decision to step back from mortgage market. Wells Fargo was America's largest mortgage lender until Quicken Loans took the top spot in late 2017. And Apple Inc. is planning to start using its own custom displays in its mobile devices from 2024 onwards in an attempt to gain more control over the design and capabilities of its products. Entity's John Marshall has more. Apple's going to be switching away from Samsung to develop their own display screens in-house. They're finally going to be able to put those billions of dollars of research and development to good use. The company intends to begin by swapping out the displays in the highest-end Apple Watches by the end of next year. Apple plans to eventually bring these displays to other devices, including the iPhone. In 2018, rumors started spreading of Apple having a secret facility in Santa Clara, California to make small numbers of the screens for testing purposes. Apple has been continually upping their spending on R&D each year by billions of dollars. Their annual research and development expenses have increased 19.79% since 2021. Earlier this month, it was reported that the company was planning to bring micro-LED technology to its Watch Ultra with a larger display next year. In a note to investors, Haitong International Securities Analyst Jeff Poo said that he expected Apple Watch sales to drop in 2023 due to lack of significant spec upgrades and claimed that the 2024 Watch Ultra might adopt a micro-LED panel instead of an OLED. Sean Marshall, NTD News. And Meta, owner of Facebook and Instagram, will soon stop letting advertisers target teens based on gender. For example, advertisers can currently decide the gender of the teens they want to present their ads to. A company that makes toy helicopters, for example, may want to target male teens. Meanwhile, a company that makes nail glitter probably wants to target female teens most of the time. This way, there's a higher chance that they'll show the right advertisement to the right person. Advertisers generally want as much data as possible. You know, they, they don't want to waste money advertising to people who, who never buy their products. We spoke to one of Facebook's first ever advertisers, Rudy Moore. He has spent tens of millions of dollars advertising on Facebook. Now he's teaching around 40,000 students how to advertise. And he says this big change will affect them. This is going to hinder their business substantially, especially if a big proportion of their revenue is driven from Facebook advertising, because now they're losing the ability to actually understand a customer and show a customer a certain set of ads based on interests or what they like or what they've clicked on before. So for those companies that are heavily advertising to this demographic, it's going to have an overnight effect for sure. Moore believes Meta doesn't want to do this, but it's being forced to by external factors. This includes politics, uh, concerned parents, and lawsuits. Facebook and Meta as a platform and Instagram are trying to provide advertisers and business owners as much data as possible. So is Google, right? They want to provide as much data as possible because they want to say to an advertiser, hey, we can get you your perfect person, right? But privacy laws, GDPR, California privacy laws, American advertising privacy laws, they are trying to do the opposite, right? They're trying to say, hey, we don't want you to have all this information and be able to target someone so specifically. Meta says it's doing this because teens aren't well-equipped to make decisions on how their online data is used. And this is only the latest in a trend. Meta previously stopped advertisers from targeting teens based on interests and activities. 
Advertisers are continuing to get less data, data, while teens are continuing to get more privacy. And earlier, we spoke to Larry Adams. He's the former head of design for AT&T and Warner Media. He also helped design HBO Max and launched Direct TV Now. Adams says this change will force marketers to think more carefully about what their strategy is and how they're going to create a better experience. Authenticity is such a huge play, and especially for this younger generation that is constantly on the lookout for authentic um, expressions of everything from brands' commitments also to their own friends. And, you know, in a, in a generation that was brought up with uh, catfishing, you know, authenticity really matters for them. So I think that this is a chance to force some of the some advertisers to think twice about how they're actually connecting with this audience. Adams currently advises many marketers, and he says this is a big deal for them, but he doesn't see this as a complete shift either. It's actually a nudge, um, and it, it, because you're already doing having to follow so many regulations as it relates to marketing to under 18. So this is just one more requirement that just goes into the thinking around creating content. In addition to removing gender targeting, Meta will also no longer allow teen activity to influence what ads they're shown. For example, the accounts they follow or the posts they like won't change their ads. For example, if you like a post of a flower, you won't be shown ads for flowers as a direct result. The only targeting options advertisers will have left are age and location. All these changes take place in February. And we'll take a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, sticker shock at the grocery store with egg prices soaring higher and higher, more than doubling from a year ago. Why? And one company taking time off seriously, finding employer, employees if they bother co-workers who are on vacation. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Most grocery items have been increasing in price over the past year. However, egg prices have gone through the roof due to a variety of factors. NTD's Flinders Kinsley has the story. A persistent bird flu outbreak combined with soaring feed, fuel and labour costs have all contributed to prices for eggs more than doubling over the past year. In November 2021, a dozen eggs were $1.72. A year later, consumers were paying $3.59. I think across the board people are experiencing a sticker shock and eggs have not been immune to sort of the factors at play that have really factored into the increased price right now. You know, inflation, supply chain challenges. Grocery prices overall are up 12%. However, egg prices are up significantly higher. They are up even more than chicken or turkey prices because the egg industry was hit harder by the bird flu. Of the 58 million chickens slaughtered to control the outbreak, 43 million were egg-laying chickens. 
for a while I just stopped eating eggs because they got more expensive, but since they're my favorite food, I came back to them in the end. Purdue University agricultural economist Jason Lusk believes the bird flu is the biggest contributor to the rise in price, but he believes egg sales are resistant to price increases. Prices have to really increase by quite a lot to discourage some consumers uh, from stopping buying eggs or to switch to something different. However, the CEO of American Egg Board, Emily Metz, argues the cost increases farmers have faced contribute more to the price tag. Hopefully input cost of fuel and packaging and all of that start to come down a little bit here in the new year. I think the market, I hope the market will level out. I know our farmers do as well. Metz says a decreasing demand for eggs after the holidays may also come into play, which could help lower prices. Flinders Kingsley, NTD News. The cryptocurrency industry is starting 2023 amid growing fraud concerns, from failed digital coin exchanges to online scams. And now law enforcement and federal regulators are issuing new warnings. The FBI says scammers in so-called pig butchering schemes fatten up the pig by getting the victim to think that they're investing in crypto and then steal their money and cut off communication. In this next story, we take a look at how you can avoid becoming a victim. Get ready for another crypto roller coaster ride this 2023. The FBI and other agencies are raising concerns about an online scam called pig butchering. We're not talking about what's going on on farms. We're talking about a cryptocurrency investment scam that is sweeping the country. It is costing Americans billions of dollars in losses. Authorities are urging you to be careful when getting random texts or messages through social media with invitations to start investing in cryptocurrencies. When you finally ask for your money, guess what? Your friend has disappeared. It comes as several recent crypto-related headlines sent a chill through an already anxious community. First, Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of failed crypto exchange platform called FTX, pleaded not guilty this month to federal fraud and conspiracy charges linked to his company's meltdown. Then, the SEC charged six people in an investment scheme called CoinDeal that raised more than $45 million on false promises of access to blockchain technology. And also this month, U.S. regulators have issued their first joint statement warning banks and others about the risks of fraud, volatility, and poor risk management in the crypto world. So what can you do to avoid becoming a victim? Law enforcement officials say scammers usually target their victims by sending mass texts hoping somebody takes the bait. Perpetrators of these crimes have been trained in techniques of uh, psychological deception, in techniques to gain people's trust. The statement was issued jointly by the Federal Reserve and the FDIC and the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. Indian fantasy sports platform Dream11 has announced that employees will be fined $1,200 if they bother a co-worker who's on vacation. The company requires its employees to take off at least a week a year. In an interview with CNBC, Dream11 co-founders said that during that week, workers will be off the grid. No slack, no email, no calls. He told CNBC that the policy allows employees to decompress without work looming over them. The week off also helps the company determine how it operates without specific employees. So far, the rule has been effective. The 36-year-old told CNBC, for many professionals, the ability to take a true vacation and put work completely on hold is a welcome idea. 
And that's all the stories today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter too. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at NTD.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. I'll see you tomorrow.